Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Are you ready for prayer school tonight? How many of you have been learning some things from prayer school? How many of you have been praying some more? All right, hallelujah. All right, let's see how the Holy Ghost will lead us tonight, but I'm really, really excited. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So we started looking at the prayer life of Jesus and some of the fundamentals. And we stopped at the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. And we said how much power is made available in much power is made available in your life is determined by how much prayer you're making available. Praise God. So God, pay attention to this, does not determine how much power is available. You determine how much power is made available for the fulfillment of your destiny. I want to read a story that I stumbled on and I like the story, so pay attention here. Doretta Clapp was an older Christian lady who felt God leading her to pray for a public high school near her home in New Jersey. So day after day, month after month, year after year, she prayed that God would save young people in that school. What do you think this lady was making available in that school? Power. Everybody say power. She was making power available. She began to pray that God would not only save them, but also send them to the ends of the earth. After 12 years of praying, she began praying for one young male student. She sent him a gospel of John. For three years, she prayed. And at last, God saved George Weaver. Before long, George had led 200 other students to Christ in 1957. Three of them went to Mexico to evangelize during the summer vacation. That was the beginning of Operation Mobilization. If you, if you read about missions, you would have read of the name Operation Mobilization by George Weaver. One of the strongest missionary organizations in the world. Now, which now has a worldwide outreach into many of the most difficult countries to penetrate the gospel. This story is, uh, is, was, was said by Wesley Duell. Uh, if you read his book, I think A Blaze for God, you can find this story there. A blaze for God. I, I want you to see the effect of the prayers. And sometimes I want you to see why we need to develop persistence in prayer. Because this young man that this dear lady was praying for, look at the destiny this man had. That through him, a worldwide missionary organization was going to be started. Are you following this? Now, Many of us have huge destinies in God, but we haven't labored in the place of prayer yet to come into the fullness of that destiny. 
And that's why the enemy does everything to keep us from praying. Because how many of you know the devil will not want this young man saved? Because the enemy, unfortunately, pay very close attention to this, don't miss this. Unfortunately, for some of us believers, the enemy knows more about our destiny than we know. And we do everything to truncate that destiny while we are just lazy. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? All right. So we have to make prayer uh, power available. Go to Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. Luke 18.1 Now he was telling them a parable to show that at how many times? Are you here? At how many times? At all times they ought to do what? Pray and not to do what? To lose heart. Jesus says at all times we ought to pray and not to lose heart. The King James Version says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Some of us have not even gotten to the place of praying, not to talk of fainting. Not to lose heart. He told them a parable that men ought always to pray. Always. Men ought always to pray. Men ought always to pray. Pray at all times. One of the things you must desire is a new fire to come into your prayer life. So you can become a man and a woman of prayer. And we said people don't pray for two things. Number one is what? Pride, because they think they have their life figured out. And number two is what? Busyness. Are you still there? Pride and what? Busyness. And I'll show you from the life of Jesus. He says, he showed them a parable. Go back to the New American Standard Bible. He showed them a parable that men ought always to pray and not to faint. He was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray. And not to lose heart. That means, and that's why I read the story of this woman for you. The woman interceded for 12 years. And then uh, she prayed for judge for 3 years. Once you stand in the place of prayer, be rest assured that you're not standing up until you get the answer. Tell yourself, I will not be worn out. You see this thing I'm praying about? I'll have the manifestation. Come on, are you still here? Many times, we already lose heart even before we start praying. Hey, come on. At the other end of your prayer is huge manifestation. Praise the name of the Lord. At the other end of your prayer is what? Huge manifestation. Let me tell you this. If you've got a great destiny, then you've got to have a great prayer life. If you have a great destiny, then you ought to have a great prayer life. Most times, our prayer life cannot sustain the destiny that God has given to us or wants to give to us. And I'm telling you something, and you know me, I'll tell you. In teaching this prayer school, God is challenging my own prayer life. I'm, I'm, I'm being challenged also. I'm not just preaching from a place of an expert. I'm preaching from a place of also a student learning at the feet of the master. Imagine if the prayer life you had or you have had bettered where you are in life. Imagine if you would just increase a little bit more where you would be. How many of us seated here 
have actually have answers to prayers at least one time in our life. Let me see your hands. God has answered your prayer at least one time. All right. Imagine if you will press more in prayer. And I also want us to go beyond the point of just God answering our personal prayers to what this woman did. That we pick a school. We pick, a, uh, 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 we pick our streets. We pick our nation. We pick a segment in our nation. And we begin to pour in intercession. We begin to make power available so God can walk in that region. Praise God. Are you still here? Are you still here? Alright. We can see that Jesus valued prayer. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13, very interesting. If they bring children to you, what will be your first response? What do you think will be your first response if they bring children to you? I think for me, I would want to multiply biscuits. What do you think? Come on, what do you think? Huh? They bring children to you. Would your first response be to pray for the children? Hey, church. What would be your first response? Huh? Give them what? Sweets. Yeah. But look at what Jesus did. Then some of the children were brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples did what? Rebuked them. But what did Jesus do? But Jesus said, let the children alone and do not hinder them from coming to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. The children came and Jesus prayed for them. Jesus prayed for them. Let me tell you something. The greatest gifts you can ever give your children in this life is to pray for them. Is to pray for them. It's good to send them to wonderful schools. It's good to send them to beautiful schools. It's good to give them good homes. It's good to leave a lot of money for them. Those are just good. But if you really, really love your children, the greatest gift you can give to your children is to constantly pray for them. And let me tell you, once you have a prayerless life as a single, you will not automatically start becoming prayerful when you get married or when you have children. Your prayerlessness will go in the direction of your children also. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, some people think, when I get married now, I will begin to pray more. No. You will even have less time to pray in in that sense. How many married people understand what I'm saying? You have less time to pray. Because maybe when you want to sleep, that's when the child is awake. When the child is sleeping, I mean, just funny timetable between you and the children and the husband. Hallelujah. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Even when he was being baptized in Luke chapter 21 and verse, uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 21, look at Jesus. Look at how Jesus valued prayer. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. If you can get the teaching I did, uh, the prayer life of Jesus, I did an extensive teaching on that. You can look for it on the website and download it. Now, when all the people were, were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened. What distinguished the baptism of Jesus was the fact that as he was being baptized, he was praying. He didn't just enter the water casually for baptism like everybody else. He had a prayer life. I want you to see this from the life of Jesus. He's got a prayer life. 
He didn't say, well, you know, I'm be baptized now. No, he, he was getting through that process of baptism and he was praying. Some of us need to learn to match prayer with certain activities. You know, we've got a conference coming up. How many of you are praying yourself for that conference? You're praying. And said, Father, let you know, let a word come to me in this conference that will just set my life aright. You've got to attend the conference with prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't just get into activities in your life without praying. It's what will make the difference. Let me tell you, you can make your life count in this world. With the power of prayer, there's nothing that can stop your advancement. And let me tell you, if there are even areas in your life where you feel you're struggling right now, you can pray your way through, through those areas. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can pray yourself to become strong in the place of prayer. Let's read on. Go to Luke chapter 9 verse 28. Luke 9 28. I just want to show you a few things and I'll give you some basic wisdom tips. Luke 9, 28. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some eight days after the saying, he took along Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And went up to the mountain to pray. He took them up to the mountain to pray. He took them up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, his appearance of his face became different. You know, there was a day God gave me a revelation from this scripture that prayer will alter your countenance. Prayer will alter your appearance. You know, some of you that say, you know, when people see me, they don't like me. Give yourself too much prayer. And let me tell you, if you are somebody who spends time in prayer, there is a glow that is around your face. There is a if you really spend time in the presence of God, something will begin to happen to your natural appearance. You begin to pick on that glory of the secret place. People will have no option but to like you. And that's why you discover something about life. People who give themselves to prayer a lot usually have some kind of very strange favors happen to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? His face was altered. Parents of his face was altered. In prayer. Some of us don't stay in prayer long enough for God to do something in our life. We just have time. It's good. We just have time. 15 minutes. Father, we thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for next tomorrow. Father, as we are going, keep us. As we keep us, keep us again. Don't let us die. We will not end this year in sorrow. We will not end in pieces. We will end in peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. You don't stay long enough for God to walk in your life. Are you following this? I want to challenge us. Let's become a people of prayer. Let's become a house of prayer. Let's stretch in the place of prayer. Let's pray until our countenance is altered. Let's pray until that habit drops off you. Pray until something changes in your life. We have destiny awaiting us. This is not our resting place. Hallelujah. 
You know, sometimes I tell us, here's these little challenges we have here and here, little anger, little strife. How long are we going to remain on this mountain before God will be able to use us to touch the nations of the world? Thank you, Father. So he took them up to pray. Where do you take your friends? Do you pray with your friends? Or all you just do is to chat and chat and chat. Or you go and have some time. Just lick ice cream. Hmm? Every time you and your friends are gathered, what is the prevailing topic of discussion? Is it prayer? You know, in those days, growing up, we, we used to have prayer partners. Do you pray? Do you give yourself to quality prayer? Or are we in a hurry? If prayer actually makes much power available, how much power are we making available in our life? Let's look at the habit of Jesus. Matthew 14, 23. I'm going to pick some things here. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23. Somebody say amen. All right. Matthew 14, 23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. Now, I want to say this very carefully and please pay attention to this. The mountain, Jesus always went to the mountain not because there was power in the mountain, but it was because the mountain was a lonely place where he could pray. Because, you know, so people read today that Jesus went up to the mountain and then people are traveling all over the west to go climb mountains. And they, they go there with uh, cameras. And so they kneel before a mountain and then they give the fellow mountain person, say, it's not, it's not me. Say, oh, wait, wait, hold on. And then they do like this. It's not me. <laughs> and then they post on Facebook. I'm in the mountain praying. If you climb the mountain because you feel there's power in the mountain, there's a problem with your with your Christianity. Foundational problem. Somebody say, Well, God met people in that mountain. Jesus himself said, You will no longer say on this mountain of that mountain. But they that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus climbed the mountain because it was secluded. Gave him the privacy of prayer. But I want you to observe this. He went up to the mountain and when it was evening, he was there alone. Now, there is something I want to explain here and you've got to pay attention to this. You must learn to tarry long in the place of prayer individually. You must learn that. If you want to really make much power available, and and the Lord has been dealing with me about this, really. If you want to make much power available to fulfill your personal destiny, you must learn to stay long in the place of prayer. You see, at that time, he went up to the mountain with three of his disciples. This time, he went up alone. Now, somebody say, "Uh, Pastor, no, you can dedicate some Saturdays to prayers. And you say, this Saturday, I'm going to spend three, four hours in the presence of the Lord in prayers. 
I don't know how many of you used to do that, but uh, growing up in school, in the university, right? We used to have personal retreats. How many of you had that in school? Eh? Just one or two persons. What were people doing on campus? I'm talking about personal retreats. Do you used to have that? Yeah, we used to have personal retreats. You plan your retreats. Maybe the whole of this Saturday, I'm having a personal retreat. I would listen to three tapes. I would pray two hours. I would read the book of Hebrews. And um, we would plan the retreat. On Saturday, we would tell our friends, I'm having a retreat. I'm having a personal retreat on Saturday. And so nobody would come visiting because in those days, there was no phone. So people could come and knock. So you tell your friends so that they won't visit you. Then for those who are not your friends, you would write a notice. Personal retreat going on. No knocking. In fact, Bishop Doug used to say, one of his friends used to say, <laughs> used to write in King James English. He would say, I, he said, I'm praying, don't knock. And you should know this. If you keep on knocking, this door shall not be open. <laughs> Are you hearing that? So you put that. And so, uh, in those days with this rechargeable lantern, red rechargeable lantern, very strong one, I remember with two bulbs. You charge it. Charge it two, two days before because of your retreat. And then you start. You listen to the message. You take notes. You listen to the message. You take notes. You pray for one hour. And then you read the Bible. You pray the whole day. We were not really praying for anything. We just wanted to spend time with the Lord. And I'm telling you, it was in those moments that the Lord began to speak things about our future. I can remember, it is in those moments the Lord began to tell us about what He wants to use our life to do. You see, we want to hear from God, but we don't want to give Him listening ears. Some of us don't even have a prayer life. It's devotional prayer life. Today is um, 14, Matthew 14. Let's say today is 14. 14 day. You read, at that time, Herod, one paragraph. There is a confession for the day. I confess today. I have the mind of Christ. I confess today. I have the mind of Christ. Prayer for the day. We pray, we have the mind of Christ. We pray, we have the mind of Christ. That is your whole spiritual routine. If the man who wrote that devotional had that prayer life and that devotional life, will he have enough to write a devotion? Eh? If that was what the man, he was using devotion to grow, will he have enough capacity to write a devotional? Some of you should have grown those things. You know, one day somebody handed me a devotional. I read it from beginning to end. It was, it was light for my spirit. I read <laughs> it. was when I got to the end, I discovered the devotional for one month. I just read it. I read it like a book. It can help you. But if you really want to fulfill destiny, it's not going to be by those two minutes prayer. Jesus went up to the mountain. And while it was evening, he was still there. Now look at what happened. It, if you read, we read this last, last uh, what we're talking about, faith school, right? Verse 24, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, he came. You understand, we read the story in faith school. Came walking on the sea. And then, what happened? The disciples had all of those stuff and all of those. Quickly go to verse 32. When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are certainly God's son. Where do you think the power to stop the wind came from? Do you know Jesus walked up from that mountain and entered into a turbulent season? How was he able to handle that? He had just spent time praying. 
I mean, it's good to prophesy the year is going to be great. It's good to have all of those stuff. But listen, saints, there are certain times in your life where you're going to walk into turbulence that you didn't plan for. You better have had a prayer life. Oh, you better have had a prayer life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, church, are you still with me? How many of you have ever flown and the, and the, the, the pilot says, well, we have a beautiful weather, we are landing in so-so-so and so city, and you guys just take off and, you know, they are serving you meals and the next thing you see, you say, oh, put on your seal belt. We are entering an unexpected turbulence. That means the turbulence came, it was not planned. In life, you might run into some unexpected turbulence. You better have had a prayer life. Many people try to pray when the crisis has come and they are praying and crying. Oh God, don't let me die like this. God, don't let me die. Oh God, you will not let me die like this. You will not shame me in this life. You and then all their prayer is just, is just, uh, it's just. You know, do you understand that? It's Lord, save me, prayer. Are you praying enough to change the course of your life? You've been complaining about that issue in your life for years. Have you taken days to go before the Lord in prayer? Hallelujah. We have time for everything else but prayer. Look at Jesus, your Savior and your Master. Mark 135. Go to Mark 135. Mark 135. Quickly. In the early morning, let's look at verse 33. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a secluded place and was praying there. Imagine if you had this power. The city was gathered. You casted out all these demons. Will you get up in the morning to pray? I've always said this here. The Christian response to success is more prayer. Now that God is blessing you, why don't you give yourself to more prayer? Now that God is favoring you, why don't you give yourself to more prayer? Now that God is opening more doors for us, now that God has elevated you, why don't you use the money he has given to you to create more comfort so you can pray? Look at how Jesus responded. After that, this was the son of God. After that massive success, early in the morning, he got up. He left the house. And I'll tell you why he left the house. Because he was in the house with 12 men. Disciples were with him. He went to a secluded place to pray. Do you pray in a secluded place? You have to have a secluded place. I'll talk about that. Where you pray. Where you pray. Some of you, if you are having roommates, pray when they are not there. Seek for quiet places and pray. If your life matters to you, pray. Let me tell you, this life is fickle. I always say this, but I don't say it so that you'll be afraid. But you are just one problem from being extremely poor in your life. One problem. And all the doctor needs to tell you is we don't know what is wrong with you. That's all the doctor, oh, we don't know what is wrong. You know if a doctor tells you we don't know what is wrong. Then you now decide to go and meet Habalis. He throws the car. He says, I'm not seeing anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, you've saved one million. And they say, run seven tests. One test is 150. One test is 150. You know that your, your investment is gone. 
they, they call one kind of name. They say the, there are only two machines in this country. One is in Kaduna and one is in Abuja. By the time you pay flight to and fro, you discover that you've started selling your shoes. You see, man is so full of himself that he will not pray until crisis comes. And that's why some people mistakenly say, you know, God sent this crisis to teach me a lesson because after I went this, I dropped loose. No, it wasn't God that sent the crisis. You opened the door for the enemy. It was God that delivered you. Pray. God has shown you mighty things about your life. Why don't you pray? Look at what Paul told Timothy. He says, with those prophetic words that came, wage a good warfare with them. Go to God in prayer. So he, he went to a secluded place and he prayed. He rose up early in the morning. Before people got up, Jesus went to look for a place to pray. Then Simon and his companions searched for him. They came to look for him. That means he went. We're looking for him. Where was Jesus? He has gone to pray. Jesus would get up early in the morning to pray. You, early in the morning, you are sleeping. Jesus couldn't have fulfilled his destiny without a prayer life. You cannot fulfill yours without it. Hmm? Some of you lie in the bed early in the morning. Say, Father, I thank you that you are the right hand of the Father praying for us. We receive all the prayer. <laughs> and look at your life. With all you know about God, is this where you should be? With everything you know. With everything you know. Give yourself to prayers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to challenge you. Before this year ends, give yourself to consistent prayers and see what will happen. I know we have started praying that next day will be better. Don't even pray about next day being better. Just give yourself to prayers. Diligent and consistent prayer. You'll be amazed at how the year will turn. You'll be amazed. Somebody say, oh, pastor, I'm praying. I've not seen results. Give yourself to more prayer. Persistent prayer. Are you still here? Okay, quickly, because we have to pray a bit tonight. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So this was Mark's recording. Go to Luke 5. Somebody learn anything tonight? Is your prayer life getting challenged? Hallelujah. Pray now. Now that you are single, pray. <laughs> pray. <laughs> pray. <laughs> pray. 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 Those times you are using to watch movies, pray so your life will not become like a movie. Pray. Pray. If not, your life will just be like film trick. You will not understand what is happening. Pray. Pray. You will just... Ah, you, all you'll be saying is, this is not how I plan my life. This is not how I plan my life. You, it's, it's not, life does, everybody does not plan their life the way it is. They pray God's plan. There's a plan already. You have to pray that plan. If not, you'll be fulfilling the devil's plan. Consciously or unconsciously. You just, you just realize that you have found yourself in a place. How did I get here? Say, ah, but I did not plan in my life I should be like this. And God will just be looking at you. So what are you doing about my plan? You are still too busy to pray the plan. And before you know, I didn't plan my life like this. Ah, I didn't plan my life like this. And that's how you, you one day just realize they are pouring sand on you. You have died even when you did not plan to die. And when you meet the Lord, you say, why are you here? You say, I didn't plan to meet you. And God will tell you, that's what you have been saying all your life. Everything, how can you, everything about your life, I didn't plan it. I didn't, what did you plan about your life? 
What effort did you make to make sure that your life is not steered in the wrong direction? Oh, uh, uh, pastor, I'm struggling with this habit. How would you give the devil a room in your life to steer your life in the wrong direction? Look at, uh, uh, and we, we, we talked about it in the all night. Look at what Paul said. He says, I, I desire to come to you, but Satan hindered us. Say, door of utterance is opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. If you don't give yourself, listen to me, if you don't give yourself to consistent and scriptural prayers, the destiny God has for you will not come to pass. You will know it in your spirit, but you will not be able to walk in it. And let me tell you this. That is why Jesus, I wrote it in my book, Pastor Intro Prayers, that's why Jesus had to personally intercede for Peter. Can, can you, uh, come on, are you here? Can we still dig this a little bit? Come on, are you following me? Everybody pay attention. Tonight is really important. Do you know why Jesus had to pray for Peter? This was Peter. By destiny, he was supposed to preach on the day of Pentecost. Come on. Yeah. Imagine, Peter preached one sermon, 3,000 people came to the Lord. This was his prophetic destiny. Then, he took them to the garden to pray. Peter slept all through, couldn't pray. Caught somebody's ear, Jesus healed. And he was following Jesus. You can't fulfill destiny by strong will. Hmm? Let me use worried English. It's not by gra-gra. You don't fulfill destiny by... No, you, you... It's a small girl that will destroy you. Hmm? And I'm using Peter now. Don't worry, we're following Jesus. Let me see where they will take him. And he was truly, truly, truly. I'm the one that said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Have you seen Revelation before? Direct from the Father. Even Jesus endorsed Peter's revelation. That flesh and blood has not revealed. It does not matter whether it was flesh and blood that revealed to you or not flesh and blood. If you don't stay in prayer, what came out through your mouth, you won't see. Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon this rock I'll build my church. Peter would not have experienced that. And then he was warming himself. A strange place. Because when you are not prayerful, you will now walk into places you shouldn't be in the first place. That's when you now meet people you should not meet. They will now teach you what you should not be taught. And then say, ah, your language is like that of the Galilean. Say, ah, no, I don't know him. Another small girl say, but you look like. And I, I like why they said it was a little girl. Hmm? Not because of I'm using women as an example, right? But I like the fact that it was not something big that threatened Peter. If it was a Roman soldier, they say, ah, if it was you, will you stand? Roman soldier, do you know Roman soldier? It was just a small girl. Simple question. You are talking like Jesus. The man denied Jesus flat. I don't know him. That kind of lie that can shock you. Peter, you don't know Jesus. The one you say flesh and blood. Peter, you told Jesus. We have left everything to follow you. I'm telling you, the temptation that will make you fall will not be big. If you don't pray. Oh, if you don't pray. Ah, forget it. I forget it. I forget it. I forget it. You will watch your destiny slipping away from you like this. You just watch it slipping. Good visions, zero manifestation. You are the only place you are rich is in the dream. Every time you dream, you are driving a car. Every time you dream, you are driving. Every time I'm driving a car, Lord, it will happen. 
<laughs> you may realize that you have a big garage in the realm of the spirit and you trek all the days of your life. And then Peter denied it three times. And Jesus looked at him and began to weep. Where was all the promise? He didn't pray it through. And Jesus said, I've prayed for you that when you overcome, strengthen the brethren. The man even left ministry. Peter left ministry, went back to fishing, took some disciples to go back to fishing. That means he not only left the ministry, he convinced others to leave the ministry with him. An apostle of Jesus Christ. Jesus had to go again to search for him. To rescue him from fishing to his original purpose. See, before you will walk outside of, you, of God's will for your life and even convince others to join you. That's why when you are getting married, find out if that person knows what God wants them to do first. We ask many questions except this one. Except purpose. Some people don't have a clue what God wants them to do, whether guys or girls. Do you have an idea? Do you have a walk with God? And so, Jesus had to pray him back. And that's why the greatest way you can save people is to pray for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your children. Pray for those around you. See, let me tell you this thing. The mistakes of the people around you will affect you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? You know if your boss makes a mistake now, he can decide to drop everybody. Do you know that? A boss can make a wrong investment mistake and say, sorry, we can't pay salaries. That's why you should be praying for your boss. Not that God will kill him. That God will give him wisdom. Because if he's he's dead, they will sack all of you and give the company to his brother. It's not a good prayer. All those killing people prayer doesn't work. Pray that wisdom will be so that your boss can make the right decision. Pray for your leader. Are you still here? All right. But we're talking about your own personal prayer life now. Quickly, go with me to... um, so Jesus had to intercede. Go with me to Luke uh, chapter 5, verse 16. But Jesus would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. He did it often. Slip away means to get away from destruction. See, you, if you want to pray, you must learn to get away from destruction. Learn it. It's something that we all need to cultivate in our life. I want to give myself to prayer. And you slip away from distraction. Some of you need to slip away from TV. That's your distraction. Slip away from social media. Slip away from Facebook. Some of you need to slip away from friends that are crowding your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Take some Saturdays and go before the Lord. Spend time in prayer. Listen, God has great plans for us. We can only enter it by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, are you here? How many times does Jesus sleep away? Often. He often did it. That means he regularly did it. Do we have a, a simpler translation? Let's see what the New Living Translation says. He regularly did it. He always, often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Have to withdraw from the crowd. If you don't withdraw, you cannot pray effectively. And that is why, I'm I'm sorry, but that's why for certain people, uh, marriage reduces their spirituality because it adds more work. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Before, if you come, you are just alone. You can decide to cook spaghetti and even not fry it. Just carry spaghetti, put it in stew, just eat. I'm just there. Yeah. Now you're married. The husband says, No, I don't my spaghetti. I like uh, the pepper to be at the center and onions to cross <laughs> the middle. Now, you, I mean, so every time you're watching a food channel, <laughs> you know, you cook so well that you have to snap the photograph. You serve the spaghetti. Use it to write your husband's name, dear. You stew the spaghetti like this D E. Two hours. A arrow. Then use chicken to put dots on chicken here. Then use tomatoes to draw love. And then your husband snaps. Wow. When you marry a good wife. 17 comments. 21 shares. 47 views. You are, you are motivated. The next one you say, don't worry, I will surprise them. The next one you turn the deer upside down. Say if you want to eat turn this way. That's when you understand this food. So your husband stands up and turns this way. Ah, wow! Wow! It's a blessing. It's a good thing. We should do that. It's a good thing. They are looking for you in the prayer room now. You are not available. You are there using spaghetti to draw <laughs> to draw E and using tomatoes to draw love. When crisis hits, you will now know that it's not by spaghetti. Neither is it by tomatoes. Nor by chicken. But by prayer. And by that time, you don't know what to pray. You will now be saying, God, I beg. <laughs> God, I beg. <laughs> you see the way all of you are laughing? That means you have seen it, Abby. You see that whole prayer. Do you have another prayer request? God, I beg. Anyone more? God, I beg. You, do you understand that? Uh-huh. Okay. Don't get to that place oh, where you are doing God, I beg. <laughs> uh, don't let the devil use your life to experiment how wicked he is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't let the devil use your life as an example to others how wicked he can be. We know he's wicked, but you should not be the tool of experiment. That when the devil is training demons, he will not point you and say, you see that man? That is an example of somebody who God wants to fulfill purpose, but cannot fulfill purpose. Do you remember? I mean, I mean, we don't talk about some of this, but do you remember that when Herod discovered that Jesus was a king, what happened? Come on, church, talk to me. What happened? He made a decree and said, every child under two years be killed. God had to appear to Joseph and say, listen, take this child and run to Egypt. They took Jesus and fled to Egypt. Imagine Joseph did not hear God. You'll be there doing naming ceremony for Jesus while they are bringing sword. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You will now be doing stuff and I mean, you're not aware, you're not conscious. And Jesus said, then Jesus, God now told him, says, when those who seek this, this child's life is dead, I will tell you to come. That means their movement had to be determined by the speaking of God. When did God give you an instruction about your life? And say, hey, go into hiding. You know, one day I was praying, I was on a fast. One of the longest fasts I've embarked on my life. I was on a fast. 
The third day, I got the answer to what I was fasting for. And I wanted to break the fast because when I start fasting, I get my answer, I, I break the fast. And God says, don't break it. He says, this battle will be won by staying long in the place of prayer and fasting. So I just fasted all through. Finished the power fast. If I had broken even though I gotten the answer, I might have lost the battle. And I can't tell you what came against us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? can't tell you what came against us. Pray, pray, give yourself. Value your destiny so much that you can separate from men and have an encounter with God. I don't know why the Holy Spirit is leading me this way, but I believe somebody tonight, your destiny is going to take a new turn in the name of Jesus. You know Jacob hmm, wrestled all night with that angel. And he says, what's your name? Say, I'm Jacob. Say, no, that's not your name. You are living less than you are. He says, your name is Israel, a prince with God. What you are stealing is bigger, is lesser than what God had ordained for you. There are some of us living as slaves when we should be kings. Some of us ought to impact cities, touch lives, impact the world. But we're still at the mercy of the elementary principles of this world. Should be out there healing the sick, raising the dead, touching lives, giving extravagantly to the kingdom. But you're too lazy to press into purpose. You know, one day I was having interactions with the Lord in my heart, and the Lord began to take me to school and the prayers, the time we were praying, the time we would give. We used to go to a place called Asorok. Myself and some of my friends, Pastor Paul and Co. We would pray, 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 pray. Pray, pray. We spend time praying. Just praying that God will use us. Praying, just praying. Praying over nations. Praying. <laughs> I remember in those days, we would pray, 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 pray. We would discover that we really still want to pray and it's time for lecture. We would pray that the lecture will not hold. We would just pray that the lecture will not hold. Some people call it coincidence. Some people call it to answer prayer. But we knew many lectures that we cancelled. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. We prayed until we love to pray. Oh, I don't like to pray. You have, listen. Listen. How do you grow to like something? Constant communication. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you. You can start out with your friend. You can just say, oh, it's just a friend, there's nothing. And you keep talking, and you keep talking, and you keep talking. Before you know. Right? <laughs> Before you know, you just check. What will now happen is your checking will become subconscious. It will move from conscious. Let me give you an example. You go home. And you check on the friend. Are you home now? Yeah. Have you eaten? Yes. You want to sleep? Yes. Is everything okay? Yes. Do you have light? Yes. Is your chicken there? Yes. That's intentional. Then before you know, it gets into your brain parts. Then becomes subconscious. If you now get home and you don't check on that friend, something will just be telling you that you are missing something. Before you know, a day you don't check now becomes an issue. I was just watching if you will not check on me. Now, what became a, a goodwill now becomes a problem when it's not done. What am I trying to say? If you give that time to prayer, a time will come in your life when you don't pray, you will feel like something is wrong. And this is what will happen. 
immediately you get into prayer, it will be like the presence of God will say, listen, I was waiting for you not to show up in prayer. You you will just, are you following what I'm saying? Immediately you get yourself to pray. You will just feel the Holy Spirit welcoming you like, I've been waiting for you. You will begin to enjoy prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You begin to negotiate things with God. You begin to fellowship with God. Will begin to, you will just love prayer. If you would give that attention. And that is why I tell anybody in this life, especially single people, forget about love or listen. Anybody you talk to consistently, you will fall in love with. Because what communication does is that it will erode that person's weakness and amplify his strength. And your body will follow suit. Forget about, uh, I know myself, I know myself. This is not, I know myself. The law supersedes the law of, I know myself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you now see some people who are married. In your mind, you are saying, who can marry this kind of girl? The girl is not fine. You know, some of you go to weddings and get angry. (laughs) Let me tell you, that girl in quote that you are saying, eh, is not fine. If they set you and that girl up consistently for communication, you will print cards. Join us. Celebration of love. Okay. How did I get there? Prayer. But do you understand what I'm saying? See, if we do that with Jesus, we will fall in love with him more and more. We will fall in love with prayer. It will not be like the day you pray. It's like you have won good medal. It will be like the day you did not pray, something will be off. Yeah, ah, I've not prayed today. You are almost forced to take your lunch break to pray. Are you, are you following that? So that's where we, we need to get to. Where prayer for us is a love language of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Uh, so let me just say this so we can spend at least some minutes to pray. Uh, Schedule a time to pray. Schedule a time to pray. Schedule a time to pray. Listen, a prayer time that is not scheduled will not be acted upon. If I can tell you one simple thing for you to learn from this prayer school, right, is set a prayer time. Set a prayer time. Set a prayer time. Schedule a time to pray. Schedule a place to pray. Schedule a time to pray. Schedule a place to pray. Schedule a time to pray. Schedule a place to pray. Number three. Schedule what you are praying about. Schedule what you are praying about. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you here? I said, schedule what? What you are praying. Let me tell you something. I want your prayer to just move from God, guide me. What are you praying about? What are you targeting? Have a prayer journal. Write up. This is what I'm praying about. You know, when I disciple people, I used to tell them this. You can tell yourself, on Mondays, I'm praying for my family and my friends. On Tuesday, I'm praying for my pastor and the church. On Wednesday, I'm praying for my finances and my destiny. On Thursday, I'm praying for the nation. 
on Saturday, you know, list out areas like that. So every Monday, you know that when I go to the place of prayer, even if it is 15 minutes to start with, this is what I'm interceding about. There are certain times I take up a certain scripture and I said, I'm praying this scripture into my life. And I set out how many hours I want to pray concerning that scripture and pray it and pray it and pray it. That is how you reprogram your life. You reset the coordinates of your life. Are you still here? If you are married, why don't you take some time? So today I'll pray for my husband and my children. And good intercession, good prayers. Pray for your school. Pray for their teachers. Everything around your child's life. Pray about that. The ministry, your business, schedule what you want to pray about. Don't just go into the place of prayer carelessly. Go with a notebook. Go with your Bible. Go like someone who is going to do business with God. Praise the name of the Lord. The last thing I'd like to say is, two things I'll say. Number, number, uh, number one, Romans 8.34, the Bible says Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. One of the ministries we see that Jesus is actively doing up until today is the ministry of intercession. Praying for us, interceding for us. Alright? Now go to Luke 6.12. That's where we're going to end and then we're just going to pray. Have you learned anything today? Is somebody's prayer life taking a new shape today? Luke 6, 12. That your friend that is not serious with God, take their names up in prayer. Begin to pray for them. Pray the Ephesians prayer over them. Luke 6, 12. It was at this time that he went up to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. What did Jesus do? Come on, are you following me? What did Jesus do? He spent the whole night in prayer to God. Now look at verse 13. And when they came, he called the disciples to him and chose 12 of them who who he also named apostles. This is what I want you to say. Pay very close attention to this. Jesus spent all night to be able to make the right decisions to choose 12 apostles. He had many disciples. But the 12 that became apostles, he spent time in prayer. Let me tell you this. Prayer influences your choices. Listen to me. Listen carefully to me. Prayer influences your choices. If you choose the wrong people in your circle, you're coming down. Prayer influences your choices. Why a lot of people make wrong decisions in their life is prayerlessness. Are you following what I'm telling you? Prayer would help your choices. And there's nothing that sets you apart in life than making the right choices. And let me tell you, the choice in this life, you cannot just make it from your head. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot just make choices from your head. It has to be from your spirit. It has to be from your spirit. Where to go? Who to marry? Which job to take? How to live your life? Who will even be your friend? You know, people say all these things. Ah, you don't know, friend. After they have betrayed you. (laughs) Some of us just use natural characteristics. Big friends. The Holy Spirit give us wisdom. Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. We are praying. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. 
We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.